Welcome to Open House, a property podcast focusing on the Geelong market, brought to you by Loan Market Geelong. Visit Sarah Thompson, Liz McRae and the team at Ryrie Street for all your financing needs. I'm Damien Ratcliffe and each week on Open House, we bring you an expert with experience in this current Geelong market to help you buy your next home or sell your next home. And our guest today is Sam Parsons. Director at Avenue 5 Real Estate. Sam, welcome to Open House. Thanks for having me, Damien. Wanted to get you on. Obviously, earlier this month, the Prime Minister announced details of Home Builder, which is uh, really exciting for those, especially the first home buyers that are out and about looking to buy their first home. And, and you're right into the uh, the house and land packages. Um, you're able to find buyers' uh, property and land um, uh, all over the Geelong region. But can we start off by just a little bit of a background story on on your uh, your time in real estate and and how you got to uh, to where you are now with Avenue Five? Fantastic, of course I can. Uh, locally, I've been in real estate in the Geelong market for around ten years. Um, so the first two years, uh, ten years ago, was specifically as an estate agent. Um, always had had prepared and wanted to to get into property earlier. Um, however, when I was 18 and I, I was planning on getting stuck into real estate, my then football coach, who was a director at one of the uh, the local surf coast areas, said, mate, go go away to uni, um, go, you know, travel, enjoy yourself, because once you get stuck into this, it really is a job that you will be stuck into for the rest of your life. So some good advice early was to go and enjoy myself, um, study university, work another job or two, so that then when I was ready to get into real estate, I could fully 100% jump into it. So roughly uh, 10 years ago, started in real estate in Geelong, in it for a couple of years at that stage. A really good opportunity came up to move into working with one of Australia's um, better, best, one of their most recognizable builders um, and jumped at the opportunity. So for the past seven or so years, I was with those guys um, as a sales consultant initially, then a sales manager. Uh, managing anywhere up to a, a thousand plus um, new home build sales per year. Uh, we also had homes under construction, which we were selling townhomes also, uh, and a team of about 40 consultants at one stage. I think that was the largest it got to. Uh, when I took the role there with the builder, I'd, I'd spoken to them all along and, and was upfront and direct and said, I will be getting back into real estate one day. It's just a matter of time because that is my passion. Um, and I will be getting back into it to start my own business. I won't be going back into it to work for anyone else. Passion had been to start my own company and here I am. So we've been at Avenue 5 for roughly last year and a half is it a one-man team or how many uh, at avenue five now you can never run anything with a one-man team there's always many things and many things happening behind the scenes uh so at avenue five you know i've, I've got a pa that works with me on occasion uh we have a designer uh we have an accountant back end that looks after our trust accounting all of those things as well a um, couple of silent partners so people that you can bounce things off as well uh, and we're actually in a growth phase at the moment so it's a perfect time so we are definitely looking to upscale and put on more staff members all right so your background is in construction selling those uh those newly constructed uh properties then largely it was yes yeah so home builder would have uh, pricked up your ears when the the prime minister announced those those changes um uh, earlier this month did you see leading up to uh, that announcement through the few months of coronavirus that there was concern about the pipeline of works was drying up, that um, inquiries had dried up, that people were holding off um, looking to, to buy um, house and land packages and get into the market? 
Uh, absolutely. So, and not even even COVID, pre-COVID. So we talk about land sales. So land sales is a factor of how many people will be building homes. Yeah. So, you know, a couple of years ago at the peak, it was 22,000 sales for the year. Quite quickly within the last 12 months, dropped back to about 14,000. 14,000, sorry. So we know when we're going from 22,000 to 14 straight away in terms of land sales, the flow-on effect that has for construction, that was pre-COVID. Is this in Geelong region? Victoria region. Victoria, yeah. Victoria. So you can then imagine what that then flows on to once COVID hits. Yeah. You know, quite a fair few of the builders were, were, were selling zero. You know, there was land sales that were, you know, um, developers in the past that would be selling 60 per month were selling five for the month five for the next month so um when when the grant was released and when there was word about it you know um everybody was super excited and really interested to find out what's happened and it's gone off with a bang and we can talk about that now as well yeah for sure so have you seen a a real spike in inquiries in the in the past two weeks totally so not even myself so when we talk about house and land package we do a little bit of that Uh, we still sell development sites we sell land a lot of land Uh, we sell townhomes um, so we've got that avenue as well Uh, and also over the last six months we've really seen that that vendors in certain areas have been coming to us wanting to sell their established properties so we've got we've got two streams in particular one's a development project side and then another one is the the residential side but whilst we talk about the development side there um, the, the increase in terms of traffic um, that the builders see and that the land agency has been huge over the last couple of weeks. So since it's popped out, you know, most of the local builders in their area in particular um, have seen an increase of, you know, 200% of people walking through the displays on a weekend. Uh, they've seen uptick of 50% even more of them quoting mm-hmm. uh, and they're just having conversations, you know, which if someone's not a buyer and they're not ready to buy right now, them having these conversations and building their pipeline, which is what this is designed to do, yeah. gives them an opportunity in maybe three, maybe six, maybe nine months to convert that into that sale as well. Yeah, well, so with this grant, they've got until December 31 to, to sign the contract. So they really do have sort of six months to to look around and, and see which, um, or which estate they want to buy in or which areas, because it really is all the way out from indented te- heads out to Finesford, down to Armstrong Creek and, and Mount Denise, isn't it? Absolutely. So there, there's a broad range of opportunity. Uh, the key thing they do need to do, though, they do need to act quite quick because you can't start a home without land that's titled. Mm-hmm. And that titled land will quickly be taken up um, in this. So we're already seeing inquiry on title blocks of land or near titled has jumped through the roof. Uh, we're seeing that a lot of the stock that was in the Geelong region um, is already being purchased. So it's just a matter of, you know, can developers develop it and bring it forward from what they thought it was going to be mm-hmm. to allow it to be eligible. So in order in order yeah. to be eligible, they need to have the land which they can actually start construction on within three months yeah. um, of signing the build contract. So that's a big challenge that a lot of people will have. All right. So what would the normal turnaround be from, um, from signing the contract to building... Would it normally fall within three months or, or can it take a lot longer than that? It can definitely take a lot longer than that for, for builders and it depends on what sort of stream and process they may have. So some will have a shorter, quicker stream where they can get contracts. But you can imagine if someone is um, doing quite a large home with quite a lot of options and upgrades and they want to go back and forth, um, that will definitely delay that timing in between that contract and them getting to site. So a lot can go further outside of that. Uh, so in order for people to be able to achieve that, if they're buying land from us today, uh, we need to say, you know, get your builder ready. Uh, and when you are signing that contract, make sure that you have everything ironed out. You're comfortable with what you've chosen so that you can go straight to contract mm-hmm. and they can get you to site as soon as possible. 
Are you working with many of the um, mass production builders, the Metricons, the Simmons, the Porter Davis, or or is it more that you're selling the land and and the buyers bring in their own builder to, to build that, those properties? Um, within all business, um, relationships are key. Yeah. So the relationships that we do have and that I do have with the volume builders and the larger builders um, has been you know a testament to where our business is at at the moment. Yep. Um, and everybody needs to work together. You know, those, those builders can't um, sell a home if someone hasn't got a block of land. Yep. Um, and it's really, you know, just good communication piece together as well. Yeah, for sure. Talk about um, some of the some of the suburbs that are, are performing really well. There's a lot of interest in. I mentioned some of those different areas, but is it the Mount Deneeds and Armstrong Creeks that are really popular? Is it are people looking for that lifestyle out in Indented Heads and St. Leonard's? Um, or is it the Finesford right, right on the highway that people can get easy access to Melbourne? Well, it's funny because there's actually something for everyone. There really is. In our Geelong market, there's something for everyone. So we've got things which are strategically located. So if we talk about Armstrong Creek and Mount Denise, strategically, that's a fantastic location. Yeah. Um, no surprise why that is going to be one of Australia's largest growth corridors and why it has gone so well. Um, 10 minutes out the back of Geelong, further 10, 15 minutes onto the surf coast, easy access to everything. So that has gone really well. Yeah. Uh, over the past couple of months, and we've seen it's been well documented, a lot of people have been looking at lifestyle changes. Uh, so a lot of clients have been moving towards and wanting to go to those coastal areas which could be on the Ballerine but also can be down around the surf coast as well so we know that Torquay and areas like those Mm -hmm. have you know for long been a key destination for people the only challenge that they've had in Torquay over the past couple of years is affordability Mm -hmm. Uh, also being it's landlocked there is only a certain amount of options that people do have there as well and then as you said before Damien so if we talk about Finesford you know what better location could you build a brand new home uh, close to the premier schools in Geelong and quite often people going to Finesford are wanting to be uh, within a, a certain school distance and access to the ring road there as well. All right, so let's talk about the criteria. So you're eligible for a $25,000 grant. If you're building a new build, it must be valued up to $750,000, including land. Is that possible in Geelong? Absolutely it is, yes. Of course it is, and that's why Geelong's still affordable. Uh, so you can get some great opportunities to buy a new parcel of land in the Geelong region, uh, build a new home for in and around that five fifty dollars to $600,000 mark, yep. which is that median price in some of those areas. And it really gives people the opportunity to do that. For sure. Means testing. So from an earnings point of view, singles up to 125000 couples up to 200000 There'd have to be a lot of buyers, um, couples... That, that would meet that eligibility criteria from an earnings point of view? There definitely is. And, you know, there, there was a bit of negativity around it at the start saying it was, you know, it was two smaller barriers of what it was, but it can't be open to every, every, everyone and, and everything. So we've seen already with where it was situated, there's been a big amount of first home buyers, which is a large portion of what it was designed to do. Yep. But there's also been a huge amount of second, third, fourth home builders that actually are considering it because for once you know they do get that opportunity to get something like that um, where you haven't in the past so it's been a a good range and the inquiry has from where i sit at the moment i look Mm. at and i go it's tick the boxes um, and it has really increased and generated it and we're not just seeing you know one portion of the market we are seeing you know a few different opportunities of those buyers yeah now we spoke about you signed the contract before December 31 and construction has to start uh, within three months. So it's really about getting those ducks in a row 
really picking your finishings, your floor plans, doing all that before you sign the contract. So once you've signed the contract, um, you're ready to go with construction pretty soon. Absolutely. And a big portion of that as well is finance. You know, So you'd hate for yep. someone to get to that stage to have the contract signed. Uh, no one's going to go and start construction for you until you show them your finance document and your certificate that you are good to go. So a big portion is also about that finance. So making sure that you know, any client that is to do that with a builder, whether they buy land from myself or a town home that's eligible or whatever it might be, if they are buying that to ensure that they are uh, well-educated uh, in terms of knowing what they have to have with their ducks lined up in a row, as you'd say, and a finance is a really big, important part of that as well because you know, for someone to not have their finance where the banks may be um, challenged at the moment in terms of their turnaround times, for them to not get it in that time would be a real shame. Yeah, for sure. Now, the grants also um, allow for renovations uh, between 150000 and 750000 So we're really talking a major renovation, a, an extension. It can't be pools or tennis courts it, it does have to be uh, to help um, uh, improve the livability of the home and the existing home cannot exceed 1.5 million so you think there's a lot of houses in this Geelong region that come under that 1.5 million dollar mark so it also will allow um, homeowners um, and, and we probably have to stress too that this is primary uh, principal place of residence so you have to live in the home to be eligible for those renovations from an investment point of view and I think I had a comment on Insta someone asking do we envisage that these cash grants could be become open to investors did, did you have an opinion there uh, look I've got a, a quick opinion um, I don't believe that it would um, again, we look at the government and they've done one thing here, uh, like what they may have done in the past with you know, some of the job keepers and some of the stimuluses to new businesses. My business, we weren't eligible. Yeah. So I washed it off. I said, that's okay. We're not eligible. Yeah. Let's just work that little bit extra harder because you know something might come down the track. So lo and behold, this one really suits us. Yeah. Um, so I don't believe that the government will turn around uh, and, and do it for investments um, in particular for renovations mm-hmm. if they were going to do anything i think they would rather open it up for investors to be able to utilize this to build new homes again because we need more new homes to actually house a demand for that rental inquiry as well so yep. i think if they were to do anything um it may be more sense to open it up to actually new home builds mm-hmm. rather than an investment because again 150k is a pretty sizable investment yeah. you're gonna to have to move someone out of that home who's actually living in it anyway yeah. so it's going to be more of a challenge i believe for for those sorts of things of what it would be than if they turn around and say investors this is open to you to build a new home and these are your boundaries of what you must work within yeah and there's always the option too that you could build this home and live in it for a few years and and it becomes an investment down the track that you're able to to live in it and and save up and then move on to the next and keep that as an investment option so there's always that uh that alternative there so before COVID hit, what what were your percentages of investors looking to buy properties with you versus first home buyers? Or did you already have a large, large percentage of home buyers looking to buy the, the type of stock that you're selling? Uh, it's always been it's always been a, a good mix, mm-hmm. you know, so investment always has been around that sort of 25, 30%. And then the other portion has been for that owner occupiers. Um, and part of this, again, this new grant that's came out for the owner occupiers is it's definitely more so skewed towards that larger portion of where it's designed to. I mean, we spoke about it a little bit before off air, mm. um, that this sort of stuff is needed because we're not going to be getting the 
overseas migration that mm-hmm. was really fueling a lot of those land sales, fueling a lot of new construction, also fueling a lot of new sales. Mm. So something like this is really strong, which is really needed to just help bolster the Victorian market, the West Australian market, the Queensland market. I read something this morning about the West Australian market for land sales already. Theirs is obviously a bit different to yeah. what ours is in Victoria. But that's gone crazy, where they have probably had one of the most challenging markets for many years over there in Western Australia recently. Yeah, and I think you spoke about how the criteria came out and it seemed like it was very specific, but uh, it's probably those Melbourne and Sydney people thinking that it doesn't help me. Well, it's certainly going to help the regional regional people out here. So the interest you've had in the last two weeks has, has been mostly from from first home buyers looking to get into the market and, and are you seeing people from Melbourne that, that are seeing Geelong as an, uh, as an option? Absolutely they are because with Geelong they're still able to get uh, if they are a first home buyer the 20,000 instead of the 10 uh, also this 25k now which is, is huge as well so you know, a lot of inquiries still coming which it always has been from Melbourne mm-hmm. um, especially in established properties as well just because of the livability um, and the location of what we have down here so you know it's still a, a really good mix um, we still see in most of the growth corridors people moving into them are already in neighboring established areas that are wanting to uh, not necessarily upsize but you know better quality for their home rather than living in something that might have been a little bit older they can nearly sometimes break even get a little bit of change and move into something yeah. brand new as well so it's it's really 45 grand if you're a home uh, a first home buyer looking to build brand new. You've got the ten thousand dollar first homeowners grant and an additional ten thousand because you're looking to build regional. And then this uh, home builder boost if you meet all the other criteria and sign a contract by December thirty one and build within three months. That's forty five grand that you can put towards building your first home. Absolutely, and it's it's huge. Um, it's huge because it gives people the opportunity that may not have been able to get into the market now. So it will bring some people forward that may have been 6, 12 months, maybe even 24 months away. So it's a definitely you know, a really good opportunity. Uh, within our agency, You know, as soon as we heard uh, word of this a week and a half ago, because I am boutique, we can pivot and we can act really quickly. So all of a sudden we turned around and we're like, all right, well, what do we have to do for this? So all of a sudden, you know, within 24 hours, we have 25 eligible properties for this, which yeah. are new construction. Uh, we then go and get another 25, you know, blocks of land, which will also be eligible as well because we can make those, you know, amendments and we can jump and we can act really quickly. And that's part of, you know, the relationships that I've had in the past with developers and with new construction uh, and those sorts of things, which allowed us to, you know, really work hard with those guys to come up with a really good value offering um, and put it to market. You know, the ad that we ran on the weekend just gone, the phone hasn't stopped ringing and it's still ringing today from it as well, um, which is, you know, it hit the mark right on what it was meant to do. There's some scepticism that it might see builders up their up their margins by 25 grand or or something like that. Is is that a concern to you at all? Or do you think, um, you know, there's stock on the market and there's developers out there that, that want to be able to move their stock and, and people can still get really good good deals there i think we've got to be we've got to be you know upfront and honest and we look at it and we go there might be a little bit of give and take here as yep. well but where we look at something like that we might even just look and go all right it might be a little bit of cost recovery mm-hmm. you know where they've been challenging where they have had to drop 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 over the past 12 months i wouldn't have seen too many of them had been increasing their prices they've probably been decreasing their prices so some of them may be getting back to where they needed to be yeah you know I'd, I'd hate to see it if someone was to go and just 
you know, throw the extra 25 straight on, but we also need to be realistic as well and understand that there will be and some builders and businesses may need to do a bit of cost recovery from what may have even just hurt them in the recent months. But they've still got to be competitive with their competitors too, don't they? If they add 25 grand on, well, well, a customer has the choice to to go with another builder. Absolutely, and everything's a competition and everybody needs to understand, you know, what the others are doing, what their value proposition is, where their pricing's at, and they need to be in line with the market as well. Yeah, for sure. And it's not just to help the builder either. We spoke off air about the flow and effect of how many different businesses it's going to to help. It's not just the builder and the tradies that will be benefiting from this, is it? Absolutely. I mean, we've seen job figures of they're saying that it might save up to 450,000 jobs, for instance, which they're saying could be tradies or directly linked to that. Whereas when we were saying before, you know, I, I also look at the flow and effect of what that has as well. So that goes on to the companies that are financial advisors, to mortgage brokers, to the valuers, to planners, to engineers, to building inspectors, to the developers. So there's a huge amount of people that there is a big flow and effect all the way down. And naturally within any of those businesses, if we look at where COVID is right now, if something slows up all of these businesses, unfortunately they have to do something as well to shape their business too so it wouldn't make sense for them to keep going along and running with 10 staff that might have been mortgage brokers and 10 staff that might have been valuers or planners they would have to downscale there as well so it's not only helping to you know increase um, and strengthen the jobs for tradies there's a huge flow and effect for a lot of other companies that are directly involved with the construction industry as well is it fair to say we're still waiting for some more finer details on whether the deposit does it come off the de- deposit do you still have to bring that 10 or 20 percent deposit and it ends up coming off the loan at the end or do we still are we still waiting for those finer details or do you feel like you've got your head around it or oh, i think there's always finer details that are needed to be um you know to to fleshed out as yep. such um you know my belief would be similar to a first home um grant where someone's shown that they have started construction yep. where maybe that first stage has gone down that payment uh, it shows that they're not not backing out and they are committed at that stage that it may be at that stage uh, we definitely know that it's going to be once someone goes to site yeah and just depending on whether it's at the start or towards the end i haven't looked that too much into it i always suggest to clients uh, to speak to their conveyancer or you know whoever they're speaking to about their financial side of it to get the correct information out of that but in the past most of the stuff has been earlier on um, so that it can go towards putting into the mortgage or it can go towards finishing off the home down the track once they do get handover as well. Yeah, I'm really keen to get Liz McRae back on the podcast once she's got some more details and, and she can go through them for those that are looking to get finance but aren't sure where the 25 grand's going to go, whether it adds onto their deposit or comes off their loan at the end, but but we'll strive to do that. So what advice do you have for first home buyers that are that are, are, are their interest has been peaked by this home builder boost. What advice do you have them to, to take the next step? Yeah, I'd say, and, and where we're seeing it is get out and start talking to people. So the key thing and a lot of education where they do get in terms of where they should be buying land, what availabilities are there, what they should be looking at is getting out and speaking to the builders in those display suites. Yep. So as we've seen, you know, they've been, uh, they've had an increase of, you know, walk-ins of, of 200%. Their, their quoting and their conversations is up 50%. They're a key educational tool for clients to understand what it is that they're going to get in terms of value for their money, uh, how they can build a home, what the process is, 
um, and then you know exactly how long it will take and what they need to do as well. So a key thing is getting out speaking to those, um, those, those people that are sitting out there in the display homes. Obviously, we spoke about it briefly before is finance, you know, the financial, uh, whether it be we call them advisors or, you know, uh, loan writers. Yep. They're the ones that will absolutely be able to work with a timeline to explain a client what they can afford and whether they can do it or not. Yep. Because it's really important before we do get too excited and we jump out and we think that we can do something and we start moving too far down the process and, you know, the actual financial side of it stops us and halts us and um, can be heartbreaking for some people as well. Are there things that people need to know about those volume builders and, and picking a floor plan and and knowing where the sun is, for example, and, and knowing the, the layout of their block and slopes of the block and those sort of things? Is there any advice? You've obviously worked with a builder for, for seven years. Is there any advice you can give for those buyers that um, might like the look of a floor plan but aren't sure about, um, you know, the block they're picked on the street absolutely so the worst thing that people can do is just go out quite often sometimes and buy a piece of land without actually researching what may fit on it and how it can work um, and, and the fall, the slope is a large one, which people really do need to understand that. So as an agent, if they're selling land that is quite slope, it's always important to explain that to your purchaser, uh, which is, you know, sometimes I call it part of your due diligence. Um, but also it's important through the builders for them to actually understand what those costs will be as well. So to know, uh, one, if the house that you've fallen in love with is going to fit on the piece of land that you've looked at, yeah. to understand what some of the costs associated will be, which we talk about, you know, the earthworks and retaining walls those sorts of things are uh, important when you are building new because you do get the opportunity to build the right home. Yep. So it always is an important consideration to think about orientation. Um, if the block may not have the best orientation, also then look at, all right, well, what might be the best design for the orientation? Okay, so there's a lot of things to look at through there. And then we spoke again before, finance is you know, a huge piece of all of this to be able to bring it all in together and allow it to work for the client as well. And again, all those finishes and variations, it's important that they try and decide on them before they sign the contract or before the build starts because any any sort of changes afterwards can, can sort of eat into a budget. Yeah, absolutely. So best to understand your budget. And I've always told people in the past, whether they're buying established real estate or whether they're going to build a new home with the land, if your budget's 500K, um, work at 450 where you're all up package your home your land all those sorts of things are so that you've got a bit of room to move in case that there is something that you forgot about or something that might pop up down the track you know so always important to budget step back you know scale it back five percent ten percent so that you feel a little bit more comfortable based on if there is anything extra that you do need to do uh, and also we speak about valuations as well so most valuations do stack up and they have mm. been fine but also it's important to explain that to clients as well that if they are wanting to go and spend let's call it 750 in a mm. certain location that it may not add up to that figure so depending on what their um, loan ratio is they need to consider those things as well so a big portion was those things that we spoke about before but then working backwards and get the budget and you know we love it when a bank can tell people they can loan 750 yeah. um, but then if someone goes in and they've looked at the house which is that figure and there's a lot of extra things that they didn't consider quite quickly they can get disappointed as well Sam, how can people get in contact with you? They can look me up everywhere, Damien. They can jump on the social stuff. They can jump on our website, which is www.avenue5.com.au. They can touch base with me on the mobile phone, which is 0400-338-343. In this day and age, mate, you can find anyone. Mate, thanks for joining me on Open House. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks for tuning in to Open House. We've got more coming your way. Give us a follow on Instagram at Open House Podcast and on Facebook. And please remember, all advice is general in nature. If you are looking to purchase a home or sell a home, please seek professional advice.